What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mighty Mando Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ben. I am joined today by Gabe. Hello! Are you ready for this one? I am... You know what? I'm as ready as the Sand People were ready. You know, Gabe, I've got to tell someone, I hated this episode. <laughs> I hated it. That, that, yeah, to me, this was a, it was a disappointing... You know what? We talked about it last episode. At some point... Maybe we're just not going to like it. And and th- I think we've reached that moment of, oh. of there's an episode where it just was a bit of a stinker. Yeah, just it did not hit on any level with me. Yeah, it. but there are some things so So for me, because I, you know, got to closely examine this sucker, figure out why we don't like it. But also, there are some things to kind of be positive about and like some really interesting moments. And I think, you know... As we get into this episode, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the good things. We'll talk about the things that frustrated us. And because, in, you know, I like to find solutions. So these would be my suggestions if I was writing this show. And again, I'm not a writer. What do I know? Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to have yeah. some, during the plot summary, I'm sure I'm going to maybe go off on little tangents. But yeah, yeah. but uh, you know what? They all can't be amazing. That's you know? true. They all can't be amazing. And, and th- this episode proved that. Also, you know what? If this is the bar they set for this episode, and it gets pretty low down there, they can only go up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if you think about it, we're all in for a treat for the next little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can't get much worse than this. No. We say that now, and then something next episode. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. It, It happened. We watched it. I mean, like, again, like, we we talked about this last episode. We watched these episodes multiple times. Yes. And I watched the first time, and I was kind of only half paying attention because I was doing other things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? This isn't so bad. I watched it again, and I was like, oh, geez. Mm-hmm. And then I had to watch it, like, two or three more times just to like, kind of get everything in. And, man, I just, by the fourth time, I was like... I don't want to do this. Like, I just, I want to, like, do the podcast how it is. I don't really, like, the quality of this one, maybe yeah. not the best, but, like, oh, my God, I just, I, oh, I could barely get through the last time. I don't think I even made it to the end. Yeah, and I think this is one of those times, too, where we can let people in on the behind the scenes of how we come up with the show a little bit, too, is, like, we, we watch it separately on our own. Yep. Right? Like, so first times are our first initial impressions. Like, we do it in whichever way we want to. Seems like we both do it first thing in the morning. I didn't do it this time because I work got me doing stuff and so I ended up watching it in the evening and I sat down like I was really relaxed and I watched it but yeah we watch it separately and then we watch it a bunch of other times and then before we record the episode we watch it again mm-hmm. together so that we can kind of balance our riff ideas you know add to our script and then kind of go from there but this episode because of this and because we watched it so many times we did not do that yeah I just I couldn't I I wouldn't have been able to sit down I would have been just like bad mouthing it the entire time and like that's not what I want to do because no. I don't like bashing on other people's creative stuff because it's not nice it's not what i want to do it's not what i want other people to do to me i want to be able to you know i give suggestions and like alternatives but man this one was hard not to just be like oh nothing about this was good yeah and i think that's the thing that i think i I kept thinking about too as i was watching this episode is like a lot of work and time and um and hours got put into this and it's people's creative baby in a lot of ways so um it was a miss for me, this episode. But I, I, again, like, I reserve the right to think that this episode is actually quite good, maybe once it syncs up with the next three. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, 
yeah, it was a, it was a letdown, but it also maybe there's more to the story that we don't know yet. That's yeah. that's me being cautiously optimistic and naively optimistic, maybe. But I I think it'll be okay. So maybe we should jump into our next segment, which is episode recap. Episode recap. Episode recap. Episode recap. Episode recap. All right. Well, I sent you an actual song to do this time. Yeah. But I guess I'm not doing that one. <laughs> I fucked it up. Um, all right, so just a little bit of the episode recap here. So we, the Mando's back in space after his little bottle episode on mm-hmm. that random planet, mm-hmm. and we see that he's being hunted by another bounty hunter. Yep, that's caught up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we can, as we saw from last time, they're never safe, no matter where they no. are. Mm-hmm. So he's being shot at, and like, I mean, it's kind of a cool action scene, yeah. but it it kind of resolved, I think, a little too fast. Uh, it was just kind of a, he goes in, he's getting shot, he gets mm-hmm. hit a couple times, and then you're like, oh my god, like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just, the other guy gives the one-liner, I can bring you in warm, I can bring you in cold, and he just slams on the brakes, like, if someone said something shitty in the backseat of your normal car, you just slam on those brakes, and shoots him from behind, he's like, that's my line. Yeah, it was such a strong start. I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, there's so much happening, this is great, this is really neat. And then, like, I think there was, like, this... I don't know. Maybe you can fill us in a little bit more. Like the getup and the the way in which they were filming the cockpit um, from the other bounty hunter. It seemed like that person might have been a rogue, like um, pilot or it, no. No, I think it just like there. It's just a smaller ship. It's just right? a smaller ship. Yeah. Okay. It just it just looked very oddly familiar. It, ro- it reminded me kind of like the design of the ship, like a X wing mixed into a y-wing sure yeah 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 maybe that's why i was getting that vibe because i was like this is really oddly familiar and Mm -hmm. to me this is like a big motif of this whole episode that um dave filoni was doing was just a lot of reminiscing of like do you remember this do you remember this do you remember this and that's kind of was like oh okay that's kind of cool yeah so he shoots the other guy up and just like before the exact same kind of death scenes that Mm -hmm. we saw from like every x-wing yeah in uh episode four and like everything like exact same explosion exact same kind of like cockpit like thing so again very reminiscent of the movies Mm -hmm. um well he's leaking fuel so they gotta make an emergency stop on no other planet than tatooine right back to moss eisley spaceport um a lot of people are thinking that it's the exact same hangar that uh, the Millennium Falcon was first seen in. That's what I thought too, but I so wasn't did sure. I. Uh, but I don't think it actually is. I think it's just the same spaceport. Okay. Because they kind of I assume that they all look the same. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the sets are all the same. Who yeah. knows? Who I don't knows? Know. Um, so he comes into this spaceport and everyone's like, oh my god, it's Tatooine! Our first big callback! Eh, what is, it is what it is. Um, goes in the pit droids mm. uh, from episode one. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Um, spring up and they're like oh yeah we're gonna go fix this ship and he shoots at them yeah. right away like not even just a warning just shoots at them and yeah. the uh mechanic who i guess owns the droids comes out and is like hey don't you blow up my little pit droids mm-hmm. um he then proceeds to tell her that he needs the ship done and she says a whole bunch of star wars spaceshipy things like mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> carbon scoring on yeah. it and yeah. fuel leak and stuff just a lot of kind of nonsense words to me at least um, goes in, says he needs to get it all fixed up. Uh, he gives her 500 Imperial credits, which I guess are still good yeah. out here. And she's like, well, I mean, there's a lot of work that I'll at least get the halt done. And he's like, no droids. Don't use the droids. She's like, yes, you don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. 
Uh, from there, we see him walk off, and we actually get a really cool shot. This is probably one of my favorite shots in the entire thing, is when you see all these Stormtrooper helmets on spikes. Yeah, that was a really powerful shot, and also, I think a lot of us had seen that from the trailer from the mm -hmm. show, too, and, and so it was good to see that sync up, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But also, again, a good reminder that, like, this is after Jedi, so yeah. all of this has been turned upside down. Yeah. Uh, it's also after the Aftermath book. Which okay. I'll go into later. Oh, cool. Um, so he goes in, goes and finds the original cantina. This time, a little bit different, though. One thing, it's empty. Like, completely empty, mm -hmm. which is something to note. Uh, same with the entire port. It seems like there's, like, maybe... I think we see maybe four people in the entire thing, which mm -hmm. seems really weird. Like, it's oddly empty. You could just rub people off the street just to, like, populate it a little bit. I think that would have been a little bit better than just having an empty yeah. city with like, from what we saw in episode four was like this very, like a bustling like hub for this entire planet. Right. right? I can't remember. Are droids allowed in the cantina or no? They were not in the original. Oh, so okay. He's, he's like, we don't serve their kind in the first one, but now it's being run by the same kind of droid that was on Jabba's palace. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Okay. Yeah. So I remember seeing something like that and I was like, oh, that's neat. Um, but again, good to show the contrast of what's yeah, changed. What's changed. Um, and he's uh, asked the droid he needs bounty hunter work, and he's like, well, the guild doesn't operate out of here. Which, to me, in my mind, it would have been a great thing to go off on and be like, well, maybe this is a great place for us to be because the guild isn't here. Yeah. Right? Like, that would have been a perfect place to hide out. Huge sand planet. Nope. Completely get rid of that. Home Instead, of Skywalker. we get a little yeah. guy in the corner who's like, hey, I've got work for you mm -hmm. in no other spot than where Han Solo was in episode four. In the cantina. In the cantina. Yeah. In that side booth, looking almost exactly the same. And same I was pose. Like, and I was like, unacceptable. <laughs> you are not that cool that you can take Han Solo's spot. If I was Chew, I'd come in there and just shoot him. <laughs> it's their spot. That's pretty, it's kind of, it was kind of neat to see. It was also, I wasn't sure too, because again, as someone who, I'm not um, an avid fan. I didn't know that that was the same spot, but I was like, that kind of looks familiar. This whole thing looks familiar. What's going on? And yeah. I was just like, I wonder. So I'm glad you cleared that up because yeah. that was one of the questions I wanted so to ask you. So he's there. He says he's got a puck um, and he's with the guild and he wants to hire the Mandalorian to take out this assassin mm. that he got from a puck from the mid-rim. Again, we're still in the outer rim, which is kind of like the fringe area for okay. the Republic and everything, right? Okay. So... He uh, immediately says no to the job. He said on that a, quite a bit, actually. Mm. He did that in the last episode, too. He said no to the job immediately. Yeah. But for this re this time, it's less because of the money and because of the work. It's more because she is a crazy assassin who worked with all the different syndicates, including the huts, and that's where she made her name as an assassin. Oh, okay. Um, but he says he'll give him all the money, and the Mandalorian's like, well, I need to fix my ship. I need to get money for whatever. So mm. he takes the job. And he's like, meet me in ha my hangar bay. I think it was hangar bay 23, I think? Sure. Something like that. Um, I don't think the number really matters. It might have something to do with that magical number that's in all, a lot of the Star Wars movies, but okay. I'm not totally sure. Um, from there, um, they meet up. He brings out two speeders. Mandalorian doesn't look impressed, and the guy brings up, oh, well, they're Corellian. We're like, oh, well, another name drop. Yeah. Another fan servicing name drop. Yeah. Um, we also get a small scene where, uh, baby Yoda comes out of the ship to see the right. mechanic and the pitch and they're like, oh, he's so cute. And I have a line from it. 
which is... Now here's the plan. I'm going to look after you until the Mandalorians get back, and then I'm going to charge them extra for watching you. Uh, you see how that works? Yeah, Bright Eyes, we're a team. I'm just like, the first thing that came to my mind is like, this guy keeps leaving Baby Yoda in the ship. <laughs> he sacrificed everything. He knows that this baby is being hunted, and he still leaves him on the ship alone yeah. consistently. Yeah. Like, I I get why they're doing it, because then he's not like just following him around on these dangerous things all the time. But you can't just leave this baby who can open every door in this ship, like, with the Force or whatever... Alone, because he wanders off. I think I think he just assumes. But he wanders off every I know, time. I know. I don't really know what to say about. And he left it with the waitress in the last one. Like you're leaving this kid, who you sacrificed everything for, with a random strangers. Maybe he has a lot of trust. I, I guess so. Yeah. But it doesn't really like play to his character that he has a lot of trust, right? I I just I think that that's something that needs to be addressed and needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, he meets the this roguish Callahan outside, and they go off on the speeders. Uh, I guess there's also the same speeder that was used in one of the prequels by Anakin. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so just more, more callbacks, you know. Um, they get out to a certain point uh, along this. I mean... This scene's really nice. Like, it's really nicely done. It's really nicely shot. They're, that, like, whole, that sequence was pretty cool to see. Uh, there's one point where they're, like, speeding along and Callahan's hair isn't moving. Mm. And it's a little bit awkward, but... Um, other than that, you know, a really well-done shot uh, goes through and they come upon some sand people. Mm. In which case, uh, they stop and they're like, well, we gotta get past them. Mm. And Callahan's like, well, they better not mess with us. They better not get in our way. And the Mandalorian looks over and he's just like, well, why don't you tell them that yourself? And there's two of them standing right behind them, and you get the Tuscan Raider growl or howl. Um, and the Mandalorian, like, they don't instantly attack. The Mandalorian, like, does some, like, sign language, and he's like, Which well, is new. That's yeah. new. Is that new? Yeah, that's okay. really new. Like, them not just attacking. Like, okay. that's all we kind of know of them. It's yeah. just them, yeah. like, instantly attacking people. Yeah. Um, well, he, like, does the sign language, and he's like, well, give me the binoculars. And he gives them binoculars, and he throws it over to the Tuscan Raiders. And that's basically their passage. Callahan's like, hey, those are new. He's like, yeah, they were. <laughs> that was such a bad line. Um, so they make they get their passage through. And at this point, I was like, oh, man. Maybe he actually like said something to the Tuscan Raiders. Like, maybe they'd come back in the episode later. Mm. Like, he gave them that as, like, maybe protection. Or, like, they'd follow him sure. or whatever. No, they're just... It was just kind of, here you go. Here's a mm -hmm. token to get past you. Um, but no token to get back. Like, I mean... Yeah. Okay. So they they just kind of ignore that part. So he goes through, and they come upon a ridge where they stop, they start moving forward, and the Mandalorian gets shot by a sniper bolt. Well, I mean, that was... In the Beskar. In the Beskar. Very luckily, right in the chest. Even yeah. though she's like an elite sniper and would know where to shoot him, then it would go past the Beskar. But shoots him, and the Beskar held. Calhans mm -hmm. then like, oh, well, I don't have any Beskar. And the Mandalorian's like, no, you don't. <laughs> again a great place to put in some more like lines like oh well I'm gonna take distraction I'm gonna be a distraction and you're gonna go around yeah. and come in from the behind and flank her nope just no you don't yeah I'm gonna sleep and then we're gonna we, wait till nightfall and then we have that great episode 3 callback line 
About the high ground? The high ground, yep. <laughs> Maybe if Anakin had uh, realized that, he would have won that fight. <laughs> Kept his legs. Yep, and his arms. Oh. Um, so Mandalorian goes over to sleep. Yeah. Apparently Mandalorians don't sleep because he was just sitting there. And when he was sitting super still on his bike, and the dude was like doing random, like, like pulling his blaster out and stuff, and yeah. I was like... What if he's just not wearing his armor and he's just like coming around naked somewhere? Oh my god. Because he just wasn't moving. I was like, oh my god, that would be so funny. Then Disney would have gone rated R real fast. (laughs) I would have been impressed with that. That would have been really interesting. But no, he just like looks at the guy and is like, are you done? Like, stop being an idiot. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I was trying to wake you up. Yeah. Yeah. From here, uh, they go into like this little plan where they're going to show up flares so that the sniper yeah. can't do it. I enjoyed that very scene. Smart. That scene was really great. That was very well edited, yeah. very well choreographed, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, is someone going to die?" I like, like that the yeah. Calhoun f- screwed his up too. Mm. Like he hit a bump and he shot it at the ground, which is why the Mandalorian got shot. Yeah. Uh, so the Mandalorians, again, like we said, Calhoun messes with the plan and misses his shot. So the Sniper hits the Mandalorian's bike. He goes flying. Um, he then shoots off his last one, so she gets blinded. Mm-hmm. Um, in the next scene, she shoots him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's on the ground, and she's like, oh, well, who cares about the other guy? Mm-hmm. She really lets down her guard for some reason. Well, I think because she wants to finish off the Mandalorian, because it looks like she's trying to aim under the armor, like yeah. under the neck part, right? Uh, so from there, uh, we see the guy coming from behind, and it's like, don't move. Yeah. I put down your gun. And it looks like, oh, it's all resolved. It's all resolved. And then she throws this cool knife thing that was inside of her gun, which is super random, but super cool. Get a little tussle scene, because we always need a little tussle scene. Um, And they battled. It was a good battle. And then the Mandalorian comes up when it looks like all hope is lost, and he's like, nice distraction. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I like that. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get what you're trying to do here. Um, Then, like, put on the cuffs yourself, and they go down down uh, the ridge and they realize that one of the bikes is totally destroyed. Yeah. So how are they going to get this girl back to the thing to collect the bounty? Well, there was that do-bag or a do-bag randomly with a dead mercenary who showed up just before they did. I call it the chubby salamander. Mm. Uh, well, he tells Calhan to go off and grab it. Yeah. And Calhan's like, nope, I'm not going to leave you here with my bounty and my bike. Which, you know, probably fair. He could have probably taken the bike to get the dewback. So though. yeah, and that part to me was really confusing because I thought Mandalorians were all about the code, right? Like they're very honorable people, and so to me I would be like, "It's Mandalorian. Like, why would you question that?" Yeah. But then I but guess he doesn't know that that Mandalorian's already broken the code once. Yeah. So he also guess, like just betrayed the yeah and stuff too, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. and then we get so he go uh, the Mandalorian's like, "Sure, I'll go off and get the dewback, whatever." Yeah. You think that they could have just all gone together to get the dewback? <laughs> but Yeah, I don't know why, yeah. But during that time the assassin um decides to, like tells her him that, well, on Navarro, that original planet, yeah. the Mandalorian betrayed and shot up the guild. Well, I mean you don't see many of them. He's probably that Mandalorian. And at this point he's like, Oh yeah, you're right. But I can't defeat a Mandalorian. It's like, Well, with my help as an assassin we can take him out, and we can get you can get all the legendary stuff, and you get the money. Yeah, you can be a legend. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't care about money, but that being a legend, I was like, if you don't care about money. Why do you want to be a bounty hunter? 
I guess with what all the fame comes or being notorious for that. Yeah, I, don't know. I have no idea. It, I don't know. That's guy, one of the top ten things I think about this, in my life. And I'm like, character. you know what I want to be? A bounty hunter. Yeah, but this character makes very little sense because he doesn't care about money, but he is a bounty hunter. And wants to be a bounty hunter. Like it just, it like the amount of money like he could have got by betraying mm-hmm. Mandalorian just by killing him and like taking his armor mm-hmm. when he slept. Yeah, like. It just makes very little sense. I think down the road we should do an episode of Famous Bounty Hunters and think about mm. all the famous bounty hunters because there's not really that many aside from... There's a lot. The Mandalorian. Oh, I just mean in general, though. Oh, you mean like outside of the Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, there's the Mandalorian. There's Dog. There's Bubba Fett. And then there's Dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot within the Star Wars universe, though. I, be- I bet there is, but I'm just thinking like... Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there's <Yeah>. three. <laughs> yeah, there's three. There's the three. Um, I'm sure there's more. We're just not thinking. Yeah. So <laughs> he realizes that, yeah, she's right. Like, if we, uh, like, if I bring this guy in, I will be a legend mm-hmm. and he'll mm-hmm. get paid. I mean, that's probably just a side note for him. But mm-hmm. but he's also then like, well, if I take the cuffs off you, I'm going to die. So he shoots her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why wouldn't you just keep her in the cuffs, take out the Mandalorian and keep her as well, bring in two bounties mm-hmm. of, like, equal, like legendariness right like why would you not just take her with you take her with you i also didn't really understand that part of it i I didn't understand but he decided to do that um and he goes back to the hangar and the mandalorian comes back and sees the uh, assassin dead and i think that's the only reason they had to kill her because then he got back and saw that she was dead yeah and it was like all right well right and he's probably going off the baby now yeah so makes his way back to the hangar makes his way back to the ship and lo and behold Callahan's got the baby in his hand and he's mm-hmm. got the other girl um the mechanic at gunpoint you know he's like alright well okay put down your gun puts down his gun very classic like hostage situation yeah it's a standoff for sure yeah and it's like alright well he puts Mandalorian puts down his gun uh the mechanic comes over to cuff him and he in his hand is one of those flares mm-hmm. Uh, good thing we introduced those earlier in this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he shoots off the flare. The guy's blind. He's just blindly shooting. And then Mandalorian goes to the side and just shoots him right in the, right yeah. in the chest. Yeah. Um, then they go over and check the body. Baby Yoda isn't there. They freak out for about a second. And then the baby Yoda comes out from behind the screen. <laughs> I was like, why did you even have him go over there? Just have him be on the ground next to the dude. Also, why would you shoot when the baby's in the... I just didn't... I was yeah. so scared. I was like, oh no, the baby's gonna get home. So it just... Ah, okay, well, let's just power through the last of this. <laughs> um, he takes the money off the dude because apparently the dude got prepaid for this job. Yeah, maybe a down payment. Maybe. So he gives the mechanic all the money in this bag. Doesn't even save it for himself. For his future trip, but he's like, all right, here, take this, mm-hmm. good to go. Gets in a ship, drives off. Yeah. Or takes off, or whatever. And then there's, like, a little tiny end scene. You hear, like, the, like, spurs yeah. on armor. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. And it's somebody looking at the assassin's body. And then credits. And then credits. And I was like, And then we have what? The, those beautiful, the beautiful artwork. We get the beautiful artwork credits. Love that. Still, I, I loved it. I loved it. Still love it. I still love it. Just and there you um, go. Okay, so sorry about all the kind of editorializing in the middle of there, but I just I think there were so many things that they could have done in this episode to make it really compelling and good. Yeah, I think I want to let's let's start from the beginning and talk about 
the things we liked about it. Okay. I think I think that's a good start, and then we can kind of get into like we'll what we would like, like to see. Yeah, and then maybe go back to a little bit of like again because let's end this yeah. on like a positive. Note. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can. So I think there are. I think this. Here's what I think. I think this episode wasn't for us, yeah. or maybe it wasn't for me. And so I'm someone who's not a big avid Star Wars fan. I'm someone who's into cinema, into storytelling, and and movie making. And so for me, um, there were parts of it I enjoyed. Um, I think the title of it was a great title to call it The Gunslinger. I think because it was directed by Dave Filoni, I was getting excited because I'm like, oh, just like the first episode, this is going to be great. But I also noticed that Dave Filoni wrote this episode too. And so I, I was just giving the benefit of that. Like, I don't know what he's like as a writer. I've never seen his stuff. And so calling the episode The Gunslinger right off the bat, I was like really excited. Um, but again, I don't know if this episode was meant for me, but I think it was meant for other people because there was a greatest hits. I felt like throughout this whole episode, it was like a greatest hits and a romanticizing of nostalgia throughout this episode. And I think if you were a big fan, you might have liked that. I think you would have really thoroughly enjoyed it. I am a really big fan and I did not. Like I liked, I like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Fan service can, can be good. Yeah. This time amount and type of fan service was not did for you, me at least did you feel though that revisiting the cantina was kind of a neat thing to see revisiting um some characters that we're familiar with like kind of like with the jawas with the pit droids or like the sand people yeah like you know what and the dewback the the pit droid was sweet yeah like i i thought that was really funny that they brought them in because they yeah. really weren't in many of the series yeah. Um, and you know, they're kind of a fun, like random, like comedy thing. Right. right. Yeah. But, and they were such a short part that it was good. Yeah. Like they were there for maybe a total of a minute on yeah. screen. If that. Yeah. But like going back to the cantina, it was kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the Dubak, I mean, Dubaks are great, but I don't Shall even remember, <laughs> I don't remember them being in the original without the re like the re-editing. Oh, maybe, I don't yeah. actually remember that. Oh, okay. It's been a long time since yeah. I watched it with that. And then there was two deep cuts that I, that I didn't know. And so I had to look them up and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe they're not deep cuts. And one was the higher ground reference to yeah. episode three. And then the other one was the, um, uh, there was the higher ground and then there was the oh my gosh my brain it stopped working ah. <laughs> give me a second oh my god i wrote it down and then it's gone um we had the pit droids we had the cantina we had this thing we had that thing we had the hand solo look we had um oh beggar's canyon beggar's canyon that's the one yeah yeah so that's another deep cut that's a reference to yeah, something a, that i didn't yeah. understand either. and they talk about womp rats too yeah womp rats yeah the first time yeah though. yeah because yeah. so he, again yeah not i don't think that was meant for me but i think if you were someone who f- really likes that i think that's a really neat thing mm-hmm. and i think that's something that dave filoni i think has ex- well not i think we've i've read in several um interviews and also seen on youtube as well there's a strong emphasis on Star Wars is a really big thing for Dave Filoni and um, being a part of writing Star Wars Rebels and a bunch of the other animated shows. I think that was something that he really wanted to bring that fan base over with, too. I think there was mm-hmm. a little bit of continuity on that. So, uh, you know, that's kind of a neat thing. Wasn't for me, but I, I don't think that's I think that's OK when yeah. things are not meant for me. I think having that kind of fan service is great. But not as an entire episode, because that's what it, this felt like. Yeah. It felt like a bottle episode where it was just about fan service. And, you know, I watched, like, a lot of anime and a lot of, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where they do have a lot of filler episodes that are just, like, fan service yeah. stuff. But those are all the arcs that once you rewatch, mm-hmm. you skip. Yeah. You can skip entire arcs in a lot of animes. Yeah. Because it's just filler 
fan service stuff. Right. Instead, you take those out and you just watch the main part. So okay. I feel like this is that kind of episode where you could really just take this out completely. Yeah. And squish the other seven episodes together and it would make just as much sense. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I think... Again, as someone, I, again, because I'm not the avid fan, I don't know. And so mm-hmm. for me, I'm just kind of along for the ride being like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. I really like this. I guess there's a reference here that I don't understand. Yeah. So I guess maybe for some people, it was like kind of nice to take a trip down memory lane. And I think we've seen that before in other shows, like mm-hmm. more recently, Netflix opening their film Il Camino, which is the Breaking Bad spinoff, but end of movie conclusion, end of series conclusion movie. And, you know, the new Star Wars films and, you know, yeah. and, and, you know I'm just whatever yeah, franchise that gets rebooted or, or reinvented or revisited. I think for some people, they might like that. So, yeah. I don't know. And it makes sense. Like, again, like not to hate on it. Like, I mean, we are hating on it, but not to like completely hate on it. it for some people, I'm sure this hit really well. Yeah. Like, it's just I wish that it had driven the story more because it is only eight episodes long. Yeah. It's not like a 20 episode run where you can really take like, you know, five episodes and do nothing with them and they can just be there to be there. But in an eight episode run, you really need to make everything count or else you feel like you're wasting time. I mean, you look at things like game of Thrones, um, stranger things, even I know stranger things a little bit longer, but like, or like European TV, like, um, it's just, it's all shorter, more condensed, but every episode has to matter in some way about driving the story forward, driving a character yeah. art forward, anything, right? Just making us care about something. And I felt like this didn't make us care about anything. Right. It could also be what we're seeing here is the evolution of just how the medium of television shows in general are, are evolving, right? And so I think with Dave Filoni, because of his history of working on episodic serial TV and... oh. To be fair, he has been interviewed, and Jon Favreau have also been interviewed, talking about their love of episodic TV. And so that was the kind of TV that was cable TV, where each season was about 23 to 30 episodes long. So you did have episodes that were not character development, were Mm -hmm. not plot-driven, they were just standalones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think with that in mind, it kind of gives us a reason for why this episode is like maybe that's an homage to that maybe that's an homage to how passionate Dave Filoni is about that type of storytelling in Mm -hmm. itself and that's something maybe we're not used to and also something that streaming service television shows don't do because again there's only so much time Mm -hmm. and you want to captivate your audience with this amount of time it's not like basic cable where every week you're going to get guaranteed 30 episodes or and then the other part of this too that we don't know and it's the business side of things is we don't know how many seasons the Mandalorian has been officially signed on to we know there's a season two but you know maybe they are signed on for seven seasons so they know they can kind of stretch things out yeah maybe and a movie (laughs) who knows who knows Um, but to switch gears here a a real positive thing that I loved about this episode and I think it uh, to me is why I love performances and acting and I think part of what makes movie making really amazing is you've got a good script, but you also have really good actors that can take what's on the script and then evolve it to another level. And I think um, the character of Fennec Shand, played by Ming-Nan Wen, is a really good example of that. I absolutely was smitten with this character. This character was complex, was very engaging. I wanted to know more about this character. Yeah, I think, see, that's the problem, though. You want to know more, Yeah, and they've already killed her, so you will never know more. Yeah, and again, I think that might have been a problem that they didn't foresee of how... Um, I mean, 
maybe that is a problem because they didn't they underestimated how amazing of a performance she was going to do with this character. See, I didn't think that... Sorry, personally, I didn't think that we got much of her performance, though. She doesn't really have... She's maybe got three lines, four lines. Yeah. Uh, and we see her on the screen for maybe, like, two minutes, even though this yeah. really story is supposed to be about her, mm-hmm. right? It's supposed to be about them finding her and, like, defeating her and bringing her in. But she's really not in it very much. Yeah. And she's an amazing actress. Like, I've seen so many things with her in it. She's in Marvel. Marvel she's in yeah. Stargate. Yeah. She's, like... She's been in all these very high-profile things and she's a great actress mm-hmm. she was also mulan i think if i'm not mistaken oh really in the animated oh that's cool like the voice i think well i should look that up but um it just it's sad that they didn't give her more to do and instead they gave screen time to this newer guy that i actually did not like his acting i did not like how yeah, the character the, was yeah the, the yeah toro is played by jake cannaval yeah and um yeah but but again i think Maybe that's why we're frustrated is that performance was so good because we wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I just thought like, oh man, I could only imagine like if you get that script and thinking like, wow, there's not a lot here. And she just owns it. Like yeah. she just makes every frame count. And to me, that's a really good um, supporting performance, but also just a good solid standalone mm-hmm. performance as well. Uh, and yeah, thing, powerful character yeah. killed off. And that, that was a bummer. That was a bummer. And I think you and I both kind of talked about how I think a way to salvage um, this episode. And again, we don't know what the rest of these episodes are going to bring. So if we were the writers, and again, full disclosure, we're not professional writers. We don't know what the hell we're talking well. about <laughs> for the most part. Um, I mean, like, we dabble. Yeah. But um, one of the things that to me would have been really interesting, and we talked about it too, is what if they assembled the team? Mm-hmm. What if these two characters were part of a larger team like we saw with Cara Dune, like we saw with the IG unit, and they kind of band together as this like island of misfit toys? that are going against the law. And that's all I want from this series now. Like, since we met IG, that's all I wanted. Yeah. And then we met Cardoon. This yeah. one, I thought it was just, like, personally, I th- thought it would have been good if he had taken on this job because he saw the puck and had a history with... Uh, oh, with that character. With that with character, right? Yeah. And actually, like, recruited her and like, been, like, yeah. using the kid or the younger guy to yeah. find her yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then betraying him yeah. and taking her onto the team. Yeah. And, um, I, that's uh, the question I had, and I don't know if we have an answer for it right now, but is the character of Fennec Shand part of the star Wars universe? Is that a thing or no, it's just an, a brand new thing. And so to me, that's another part of what I really loved about this episode. And what I like about the series is that it's expanding on this universe. That's huge that you can, there's so many parts of it that are untapped that you can kind of dive into it. And, um, as someone who doesn't understand the greatest hits part, I, I like I think that's why this episode wasn't for me because I was like, oh, I think this is a thing that's already happened, and you have so much of this other universe that you can jump into. What's what it been good though too is that because it is so much like callback to yeah. everything. Yeah. If they brought someone in from the expanded universe that maybe got cut out when the new canon happened, okay, like after Legend, and brought them back into the series in a way okay. to be this person, right? They could have easily still died this episode, but like. If they're going to call back to so much, why introduce a new character instead of bring someone who you already have that people will probably relate to more? Oh, yeah. And will be able to be like, oh, well, because this episode has a lot of tell, not show, which is a kind That's of a true. Yep. big no-no in film and uh, TV. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of like, she's dangerous because I said she was dangerous. Yeah. But if you had like this character that maybe people could look up and research and like who really cared... 
or knew about already. Like, that would mm-hmm. be something way more interesting than just have this new character that just, yeah. like, well, this is this person, this is why she is dangerous. Instead of being like, well, what about that girl who took from uh, Solo? She could have been this person. Yeah. Or, like, she could have been mentioned somehow. Okay, like, yeah, she yeah, took yeah. over, I want to say Red Dawn with yeah. Darth Maul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, that could have been a whole new thing that people would be like, oh, well, that's a good callback. Yeah. Like, that's something that I can understand and really care about. Yeah. And um, I think that, that these are the types of things that I think are part of how you can kind of, like, expand on the universe, but also, like, create some continuity with mm-hmm. that universe, too. So, I think there was just... I think they just took some missteps and just took a little... I, I wouldn't say they should have taken maybe a little more time to think about the universe as a whole, and mm-hmm. then, like, how it's going to relate to the other episodes. Yeah. But again, like, we don't know how it's going to We don't know. Time. Yeah, and I think that's the big question, but is how are they going to sync My it biggest problem is I think that the only part that can really be like, oh, well, that's going to relate is at the very last scene, because right. it obviously meant something. Yes. Uh, yes. That very last scene, though, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I have one theory myself. Um, I've seen a couple other theories on the internet who it might be. Some people think it might be Boba Fett. <laughs> some people think it might be Jango Fett, which I don't think is true at all. Oh, man. Uh, some, because he's dead. He is. He got straight dead. Um, some people think it might be uh, one of the moths. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's, spoiler, there's going to be a moth in this, uh, which has been all over the internet. Oh. Um, I don't know what that is. It sounds like you're saying a moth. Yeah, no. I don't think... Moths are, like, they were high-ranked senators in the uh, first Galactic Empire. Ooh. So, like, Grand Moff Tarkin. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. in, especially in, like, the book series and stuff, moths are really, they're talked about a lot. Yeah. Because they're, like, these very high people in... Uh, the Empire. Yeah. Right? They were basically like, um, they ruled sectors. Okay. Things, right? That's cool. Um, so, some people think that it might be uh, one of the moths. I think Gideon is the name that they gave to him. Okay. Um, this was something that was announced like very early in development and stuff that this person was going to be playing this character, but okay. they haven't been introduced yet. Uh, don't look it up if you don't want to know more. Um, it's like a low-key spoiler. Low-key spoiler. Low-key, low-key. Like, it doesn't really mean much other than a name. Yeah. Uh, the other person it could be was uh, Cobb Vanth, who was in the Aftermath the- series. Oh, okay. Who, I think, the reason why they can explain away why there's so little people in Moss Eisley, and there's, like, very, like, desolate, and all these things have changed, is that in the Aftermath series, a lot does change mm-hmm. on Tatooine. Um, so, uh, Cobb Vanth was someone who was on Tatooine. He was a slave once, uh, but he kind of became a law, like a sheriff, basically. Mm. Um, he got Boba Fett's armor that was salvaged by the Jawas. Um, and at the end, you, it kind of almost seems like he's wearing Mandalorian armor, so it might just be like a callback to this person. Okay. Um, he also has like, you know, the this, this spur sound. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, sheriff, maybe mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So maybe they're bringing in the books a little. I'm not sure they're going to go that deep cut, because a lot of people won't get it. Oh, okay. But on Mos Eisley during this time, uh, he really cleaned it up of all the syndicates. Okay. they were trying to legitimize and become minors okay. on Tatooine, because they knew that the New Republic would come in and take them all out. Well, they did anyways, apparently, as we're told in this thing, that all the bigwigs were taken in by the, the Republic. Um, but 
mean, that's kind of maybe why there's not a lot of scum and villainy like there used to be in this area. Okay. It was kind of cleaned up a bit. Okay. Uh, Tuscan Raiders were also brought in to help him, and, like, he made a deal with them to get rid of, like, one of the syndicates, and I think everyone kind of just got pushed out from there. Ooh. So big that, cleanup. Big cleanup. And that could be part of it, because this is canon. Mm-hmm. Like, the book was canon, the Aftermath trilogy, but... Who knows if that's really where they're going to go. Oh, that's again, that's a very deep cut for people who want to read those books. But maybe they want to. Who knows? And that's, yeah. a good, that's a good reading recommendation over this holiday period. Yes. they're Actually, they're really good books. They set up everything after uh, episode six. Oh, okay. Going into um, not exactly where we get off with episode seven, but kind of leading into that whole why the First Order was happening. Oh, okay. So it's very interesting. I would definitely suggest them. Um, I was thinking about rereading them all oh. <laughs> recently, but um, I'll get there eventually. I bought a lot of the books on my well, That's pretty cool. But, um, so that's that's maybe where it's going at, but I mean, it could be anything. Like, they didn't give us any real sign. I think it's just trying to, like, draw you in for that next week. Because after this week, I was kind of worried about uh, my right. hype for next week. Yeah, and I think kind of, like, going back to the first point, I think for me, that one of the highlights of the episode for me was um, the Fennec Sean character and the performance um, by Ming-Nan Wen because I just thought it was so good. And the other thing that I wonder is the title of the episode is called The Gunslinger. And I wonder now, now that we've talked about this, is this title of the episode about the Mandalorian or is it about Fennec? I think it was about the other guy. Oh, you mean the... Okay. Because he's like, character. like the lone... Yeah. Like the thing, right? But most of the titles have made a lot of sense. This one did not to me. Yeah, because this one was so... If we're going to go with the Western tropes and the way that Western films are created, uh, you stated it earlier, it was a lot of tell, not show. And Westerns are all about show. Yeah. And th- that, that to me was a, a, a kind of a bummer. A highlight, though, I liked, and this is contentious because I liked it, and I know you di- you weren't a big fan of it, and that was Amy Sedaris's character. Um, I thought her performance was also really good, and she plays... Um, Pala, Palamato, Palamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I really liked the character. I liked the levity that she gave the episode. I liked, I don't know, maybe this is just me being so um, critical and doing such a close reading on this, but I can't help but see the parallel between her character and Ellen Ripley <laughs> from Alien. I think they look the same. I think, I don't know if that's on purpose. And then that opens a whole other thing for me of, like, is the alien universe combining with Star Wars? And if so, what? See, when I met her and, like, when she was talking and stuff, the only comparison I could really make was, this is so bad, it reminds me of Jar Jar Banks. Oh, okay. And that was just, like, super triggering, because it's yeah. like, oh my god, we do not need another one of these characters. Star Wars, though we, there is, like, signs of levity every so often, that's not what this series is about. No, like, this is a dark series, Especially for sure. this one. Like, yeah. this is very no comedy kind of series. I mean, there has, I think, been There's been moments a couple of moments, it, the IG like unit, the Jawas and the IG, and IG unit. unit. But it's not about the comedy, it's about the action and the super darkness of, like, this kid getting hunted, mm-hmm. right? And I think her character just kind of, like, took that whole thing and just kind of turned it a little bit in the wrong direction. Maybe, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I found her character was a little bit weird, not unsurprising, because there have been characters like this in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Throughout every series, every movie, there's always something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had por- uh, Porgs, which were kind of that weird <laughs> thing. We had 
all kinds um we had Jar Jar Banks was was not a great one um but even like I mean the Ewoks like there's always some kind of thing mm-hmm. uh but I thought that one thing for the series was going to be baby, baby Yoda oh okay right but bringing this one in I was just like well I mean yeah like I think if she was outside of the series that would have been a really fun character to watch because yeah. she was like kind of like oh yeah I can protect you as a kid but only because I'm going to get extra money for it. So yeah. Like store your, bo- your your friend. But again, I think for me, that's what I really liked about it is you had this another complex character that is mischievous, smart, um, it, like understands how to fix things, has the droids as like a nice little like comedy duo, and um, just like really kind of a different kind of breath or a beat, I think, in the show. And and maybe that wasn't the beat that needed to be in the series, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the performance, and I think those were two performances that really stood out to me. I was like, oh, cool. That's really cool. Um, so I don't know if they're going to... I don't know if they're going to bring back that character, but I wouldn't mind seeing that character. That could yeah. be a neat little thing. Again, and I think the other thing that could really help tie this in the last episode especially, because they were kind of bottom mm-hmm. episodes, Yeah, would be if he were to be maybe caught or like almost caught and he goes back to these places to try and get some kind of help refuge right yeah and them all being burned to the ground right mm. like if they were to like salt the earth in these places yeah and him realizing that wow like everything he's done so far has mm. just gotten everyone who's helped him killed yeah right and that would be a very westerny theme wouldn't it as well yeah like, oh totally like I just like coming through and burning villages like get to this person well also the trope of returning back home and finding out that the home is different uh, yeah. it's a very like hero's journey part of it but but even with the western trip too of like realizing that you're you're a kind of like this lone wolf that goes throughout this whole thing which again goes back into the gender politics of like being a guy and and that whole you know you're this fortress of solitude kind of thing and he's all by himself but he's not because he's got baby yoda and mm-hmm. uh, it's it, i think that those could have been really interesting ways to go about it um so yeah, it was interesting, and especially again to call the episode the Gunslinger, I think really kind of stumps me on this one. Yeah, I think they just maybe they just wanted a name and just mm-hmm. called it because I like the title. I thought even... it was a good title for the episode, but I, I again because you're on Tatooine, it's it's got all the elements were there. Yeah, and so yeah, the last positive thing that I want to talk about um, from what I noticed was the Sand People. I thought that was a really um, again in a huge universe where there's already a lot of continuity and things that have been established to kind of show this other side of the sand people I thought was really interesting. Um, but it also, again, I thought this was a a really good element of writing that pushes, um, the audience to understand that the Mandalorian isn't just a one trick pony and that the Mandalorian a knows diplomacy and B has traveled enough around the world to know, or this universe to know how to communicate with sand people, which I kind of dug. I completely agree. I actually thought that was a really good, not only just for what you just said, but like a universe building in general. Yeah. Because from what we know about sand people is that they like to hurt people and take their stuff and they're like kind of looters and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Right. But this one really makes us think like, oh, well, they're like the original inhabitants of this planet. They believe it's theirs. The reason they've done this kind of thing is to be like, you're all trespassing, mm-hmm. right? But he knows, like, he knows, how one, how to speak to them, mm-hmm. which is very cool, mm-hmm. without, like, using words, and they all seem to know oh, some yeah. kind of sign language. And then also to be like, I know that I can barter with these people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not bad. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, like, killers and stuff. They just 
they want they train have in their they, own thing. Yeah, and like you're own. on their land, so yeah. they want to like they'll protect it, right? Yeah. But if you barter your way through their land, they're not going to do anything, right? Yeah, and I think that's a really that's a good that's a good piece of writing that I enjoyed, and I thought for me as someone who's not a big fan, I I didn't know what was happening, but at the same time, I was like, that's kind of a cool moment. I really like that. I thought that was very cool, and like they do talk. I mean, some of that happens within again the aftermath book when they do mm-hmm. uh, talk to the Tuscan Raiders and stuff, but. It's very cool. I think that was a very yeah. good moment. And I think, yeah, that's a good place to maybe leave off on the analysis. And yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. I think the only thing... I mean, we've already talked about it a lot, was just Jack Cannavale's performance. He's, he seems like a good actor, and, you know, it would have been nice to have seen a mentorship, I think, thing mm-hmm. with that. But, um, it's you know, maybe there's a reason why that didn't happen. Um, I just thought that character just didn't fit with that no. episode. And that's my only, I think... A real kind of like, if I was the writer, I would we would we would rewrite that sucker yeah. big time. Well, I, I mean, I guess I guess we don't want to go into too much of a negative note, but it didn't seem like it would make sense for him to help someone who wanted to get into the guild, mm-hmm. who would eventually hunt him, right? Yeah. Why not just take this person out now so he doesn't get hunted by him later, mm-hmm. right? So that a little confusing, but but I did love. I mean, without his character, we wouldn't have had that great sequence on the speed bikes. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I think we're on to the Reddit section. Yes. Yes, we are. So, there's a couple things that kind of came up, and um, <laughs> they came up at the last night when I was um, kind of thinking about, oh, man, what are what are the two picks going to be? So, the first one is by Reddit user Scoot Nasty. And Reddit user Scoot Nasty has this wonderful uh, picture from the hit movie Mean Girls, and um, instead of having the plastics faces, their actual faces, uh, JPEGed on them, or photoshopped on them, edited on them, is uh, a bunch of Mandalorian masks, and it says, on Fridays, we wear Beskar. <laughs> and That's I like that. Good. I like that a lot. And then the other one that I really enjoyed is... Um, this one, which is uh, by Vaguely Humanoid, the Reddit user Vaguely Humanoid, <laughs> has this one, uh, and it's a screen cap uh, <laughs> from, I guess, Tumblr? I'm not really sure. Oh, and it's from, um, the source it says here is from Dialectics, and it's a question, or a statement of, why does Baby Yoda have completely different eyes to as an adult? And then <laughs> there's an answer, <laughs> there's two of them, and the first is puberty. Followed by another uh, answer of, you know how people's baby teeth fall out? And then the bottom is uh, another caption that says, thanks for your equally awful answers. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I th- I th- I'm pretty sure that's from a Tumblr. But anywho. So yeah, those are those are the Reddit finds. And uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I really am digging the Reddit community, helping me out here with this. And uh, hopefully I've said people's usernames properly. So yeah. Um, speaking of that, uh, we are now officially on iTunes, Google oh, Play Music, oh. uh, Pocket Cast, yeah. TuneIn, and Anchor. So yeah. uh, make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe on those and to give us those uh, five-star ratings where possible. Yeah. Uh, it'll help us get seen more. And I think so. Um, yeah. And also, did you like this episode? And when I say this episode, I mean... The Gunslinger episode. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, let us know what you think about it. And more importantly, let us know what you think about the podcast. Topics you want us to talk about. Things we could research on. Things we could do better. 
uh, we would love that. And you can email us. We'll put the email in the description. Uh, yeah. 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 This has been the fifth episode of the Mighty Mandos podcast. Yes. And we have called this one Greatest Hits. When sand people sneeze, do they still do their yell? I can bring you warm, bring you cold. Hey, that's my line.